Welcome to the Alpha Concepts Podcast, where we talk about everything going on in the gun culture from guns and gear and gun rights advocacy. Self-defense insurance is a very popular topic within the gun community. Uh, it's something that I do recommend that uh, uh, everybody who takes self-defense, not just gun owners, but everybody who takes self-defense seriously, uh, something I recommend that they do consider. I have here in the studio Mike Ledeen from the United States Concealed Carry Association. They are one of the self-defense insurance carriers. Mike, go ahead and say hi. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? My name is Mike Ledeen. I'm with Delta Defense, service provider for the United States Concealed Carry Association. Happy to be here today with Alpha Concepts. Awesome. So before we get into the the topic today, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by Alpha Concepts Firearm Training. And uh, Alpha Concepts, we've actually teamed up with the United States Concealed Carry Association uh, to bring you, uh, we've got free webinars that we're doing every single week. We've already done a few. We've got many more scheduled. Um, so those are free. There's no reason not to attend. We talk about gun safety, stopping mass shooters, things of that nature. Also, we've got defensive shooting fundamentals. Uh, as well, which is a great uh, eight-hour class, 500 rounds, building really those skills that you need. You can check out those classes at the uh, Alpha Concepts calendar, www.alphaconcepts.com. And remember, Concepts is spelled with a K. So, Mike, uh, tell me, self-defense insurance, what is it? Self-defense insurance, it's, it's just what it sounds like. You get into an act of legal self-defense, you have to use a weapon or any hands, fists, or feet to defend yourself, and there could be potential legal ramifications that come across from the police when they're coming through and trying to differentiate the different parts of the, the scene and, and figure everything out. So, you know, when we think about doing everything right, we want to make sure that we have that legal protection and coverage and peace of mind at the end of the day so we can really make sure that uh, we've got that financial protection because we don't always have that. Right, because, you know, a lot of my listeners have concealed carry licenses or maybe firearms for home defense, and uh, that's great. You know, you can do everything right and still end up in the legal system. You can, in your mind, feel as if you had absolutely no choice and it was 100% justified and still end up in the legal system. And for that reason, you know, talk to me a little bit about what would, for example, obviously you guys have partner attorneys, what would uh, the average retainer cost just to have a, an attorney show up uh, and, and defend you? Just literally like to pick up the file and say, I'm going to work with this guy. What's that retainer uh, cost? So those can range. And there's there's a drastic range depending on what kind of an attorney you have and their level of experience. But you know, as much as the average, everybody wants to hear about the average, there really is no true average. If you wanted to go by an hourly rate and then kind of add up those hours, about 300 to to $1,000 per hour sure. is typically what the average you know, attorney is going to cost you for a self-defense case. So you multiply that times however many hours they're going to take. And keep in mind, they're, they're billing you by potentially by the hour, by a 15-minute conversation. So if you're a $1,000 an hour attorney and they're billing you by the hour, you have a five-minute phone conversation, there's a thousand dollars. Yeah. So some of the attorneys that I've spoken with have said basically exactly what you said, but they all all had a minimum. They're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm five hundred bucks an hour, but you know, we've got a twenty hour minimum, or we've got you know a five thousand dollar minimum just to show up. You got to cut a check for five thousand. Um, and anything after that 20 hours or whatever, you know, it is, again, as you said, every attorney is going to be different. It's based on their, you know, their experience is based upon their, uh, structuring. Um, but they all had a minimum. And I read a statistic uh, from, uh, one of your competitors and, and we'll talk about some of the other companies, whether you like it or not. Uh, <laughs> they said that the average was, uh, uh $10,000. Okay. Uh, I talked to actually someone who was involved who actually 
had a situation, did not have any self-defense insurance. This was probably about a decade ago before these things were really very well-known and very common, and that's partly thanks to USCCA, who does a, a, a ton, a metric ton of marketing that, that brought awareness to the entire industry, obviously to your, your company, but to the industry as well. Uh, and, and he told me that it was uh, $3,000, the lawyer's minimum. So, um, you know, we're talking about, we're just going to use rough numbers, you know, $5,000, $10,000 just uh, to get the ball rolling, just to get started, just to have the lawyer show up at the police station and say, stop talking to my client. Right. And I tell everybody, you know, the reason why I promote the self-defense insurance so, so much uh, in all of my classes or in social media, when people ask, I tell them, look, if it comes down to groceries and self-defense insurance, obviously you get the groceries, right? That's every day, uh, an everyday necessity of life, right? But if you've got the spare money, and it's not super expensive, a lot of people piss away more money on, on, on fancy coffee, um, it makes sense to get that self-defense insurance. It's not an expense. It's, it's an investment, in my opinion. Um, would you agree with that? About the attorneys, you know, we're talking about the retainers. Does that include private investigators, ballistic wit- uh, experts, um, you know, uh, expert witnesses, guys like Masada Yu, sure. you know, are we going to be able to, are you going to be able to afford that? That's, that's a completely separate charge to them. So when you have somebody like a self-defense provider, like the USCCA, and you're paying your monthly membership fees, you know, you're getting all of those things included rather than having to worry about piece by piece, putting them together, building your plans. And some of our competitors have those type of options where you build up your plans and it's, you get this state, but not that state. But if you want that state, you have it included. We like to have everything all-inclusive. And you guys are in almost every state. There's a couple states that they won't, the attorney generals of those states won't allow you to operate. Um, But, you know, we're like in, what, 48 states plus some of the territories? So we actually, yes. So we provide self-defense liability insurance to actually all 50 states. Like, you're covered in all 50 states. But, yes, you're right. There are three specific states that actually we cannot have a member that resides in that state sign up. So, for example, I think... Washington is one of those states. Washington is so one of those. So if I were, I'm a member, right? Yeah. Full disclosure, I'm a member. Uh, Me I, I'm, a, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a certified instructor by the USCCA, you know, so uh, I'm not getting compensated anything for this, uh, you know, um, but I, I just want that to be out there, everybody to be aware. So I'm a member and I go to Washington. I would be covered because I'm a member. But what you're saying is someone who actually lives and resides in that state, you could not sell them a policy because of the state's laws or at least the attorney general's interpretation of the state's laws. Precisely. That's okay. exactly correct. Something else we didn't uh, hit on is the bail. If they decide to uh, press charges, if a prosecutor, and see, again, that's the thing, right? We, we have to understand that in a self-defense situation, um, they're not just going to slap you on the back and say, hey, good shoot, right? Um, we've been trying to get this guy. That's not going to happen, right? We know that. So um, they have to investigate. You know, someone's been severely injured, um, possibly dead. They have to investigate what caused this. And you're saying, you know, your affirmative defense, right? Either you or your lawyer are saying, hey, I did this, but I was justified in doing so. He attacked me first. He had a knife, whatever that dynamic was. Um, that's your affirmative defense. Yes, I did it, but I was justified. So now they're looking into, they're investigating, was he 
or she really justified. Um, if the prosecutor believes, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes they're just trying to make a name for themselves. As uh, I did a podcast with Steve Davis, who is an Illinois expert witness, and he mentioned a few cases he was involved with where it was clear cut, and ultimately the uh, the defendant got off, um, you know, rather easily. But it was just a prosecutor trying to make a name for himself. And in today's political climate, um, we see cases like that frequently. Some of the higher profile cases that that happens. So if for whatever reason, you know, maybe you said something stupid, maybe you posted something stupid on social media that the investigators found, whatever the reason, if you find yourself where they actually file charges against you, now you're looking at I mean, obviously, it varies state to state, but it might be like a a, a five to ten thousand dollar bail, right? In Illinois, do you want do you know the uh, the way the Illinois bail works? In regards to like uh, capital offenses such as uh, murder. So, I, I can tell you that I know that the the state prosecutors, the district attorneys, are going to be the ones that are essentially filing those felony charges. Right. You know, the, it's the police departments that can can file those misdemeanor charges, but you got to get the state prosecutor, or district attorney, to essentially file that felony charge. Um, as far as bail is concerned, you know, we've just got some new laws that are coming up with bail. Oh yeah, that'll be interesting. And that'll be an interesting. But, piece. but those laws in Illinois specifically, obviously, we've got listeners all mm-hmm. over. But those laws in Illinois, basically, what Mike's mentioning is they they did away with cash bail for some misdemeanors. Still, obviously, you know, murder, rape, those sorts of things are still going to have a cash bail. So that really kind of doesn't uh, necessarily affect. Uh, this conversation, so to speak, because, you know, murder, which is what you would probably be charged with, is not a, a misdemeanor. What I have been told, and, and I totally could be wrong, right? This is hearsay. I'm okay. let everyone know um, that basically the a capital offense such as, uh, you know, uh, murder, manslaughter, it would be a uh, $50,000 um, bail of which you have to post 10%, so 5000 Again, I could be wrong if you're watching this. If there's a comment box, leave a comment. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I you know, I, I don't want to throw out wrong information out there, but we're just going to say, you know, your $5,000 uh, in uh, in retainer and $5,000 in bail, that's 10000 Who's got 10000 in their pocket right now that they can just dump in the toilet and flush? Because, me. I mean, no, I've got two kids. I don't have any money. I would be sitting in jail, and I... I <laughs> I, I would I would have you know my cousin Vinny as as uh, my lawyer, and that's why for me I say it's an investment uh, to have self defense insurance because you know um, I I would like to go home. I would like to spend nights in my bed. I would like to experience relative freedom. Uh, I would never harm anyone intentionally as far as to in, in, a, in a, a violent, aggressive manner. I would only do it intentionally to uh, as an intentional act of defense. So uh, having said that, you know, if I ever find myself in that kind of situation, you know, I've got two options. I either get the insurance or I'm going to be in jail for a number of years and, you know, probably lose my house, probably get divorced, you know? Because, oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the reality. That's the reality though. though. We, when we talk about a self-defense shooting, we talk about the legal, financial, spiritual, and emotional damages that come along with it. And just like you mentioned, you know, you want to be able to go home at the end of the day. We at USCCA want the exact same thing. We've got dozens of stories from members who have shared their, their worst day ever about how, outstanding their experience was in the sense of getting through that court process very quickly. And you mentioned bail and you're, you're spot on in the sense of, you know, the percentages, you know, when, when somebody gets charged with a crime like murder, 
you might be looking at a $500,000 bail amount. You know, a $500,000 bail amount means that you got to post 10%. So that's $50,000. So when we're talking about capital cases like that, murder and rape and things like that, arson, you're looking at a huge dollar amount potentially to, to, to just get you out of jail to start those pretrial gears moving. Um, USCCA does offer that kind of co coverage and protection as well. So we offer a bail bonds up to $500,000. So that's 10%. So $50,000 to get you out of jail to get everything started and the ball rolling. And I think that's fantastic. I, I don't want you to get divorced from your wife and I don't <laughs> want you to spend time away from your kids and neither does the USCCA. Nobody wants that, right? Mm -hmm. If you've done everything right, you just defended your life, your family's life lawfully with legal weapons of opportunity. I want you to be put on a pedestal and somebody to do one of these because you've done everything right. Now let's get you back to living your life. So what I like to tell my students is uh, it's not guaranteed if you're ever involved in a self-defense situation and, and we see, you know, we can look at cases. And it's, it's not guaranteed that they are going to file charges against you, but you absolutely should expect and be prepared for it. You yes. know, we're prepared we, we, you know, I carry a firearm be, I, because the same reason I have a spare tire. I, I want to be prepared if something happens. And um, it's so the same thing is true. I want to be prepared if, uh, you know, I have homeowner's insurance in case there's a fire, in case a car runs into the wall, whatever the case may be. If I have to defend myself, I need to make sure that someone's going to defend me. Um, so it's just a matter of preparedness. That's that's really all it is. Like any reason you would. Some people have auto insurance because it's state law, right? Right. Uh, some people cancel their homeowner's insurance as soon as they pay off their house, which I think is ridiculous because it's most people's biggest investment. But yes. there are people that do that. So I, I just think it, you know, be prepared. It's not guaranteed that you're going to be charged, but you absolutely should expect it so that you can prepare for it. Absolutely. Perfect analogy. When you get in your car this morning, what was the first thing you did before you turned the car on? What What the first? Yeah. Well, no, th that's that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the first thing you should do before you turn yeah, your car? Yeah, way to reword it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you put, you're supposed to put your seatbelt on first thing. You Normally, I'll... I get in, start it up, adjust my mirrors, put the radio where I want it. Of course, I'm, I'm doing, you know, the 360 scans always. Right. Uh, and then usually, right, I put it in gear, and then I'll remember. Oh, I got to put on my, my seatbelt. So. <laughs> but at least you got to that point. Yeah, and, yeah. And why do we do this? Because we never know when the accident's going to occur with us. And just like a self-defense insurance policy, we want you to be prepared and trained. And so beyond the liability policy, which USCCA is is award-winning for we also have education and training to help keep you out of the fight to get you ready for the aftermath and what you're going to have to potentially go through and to prepare your family your loved ones and the continued development continued education and training because you'll agree with me this is a perishable skill firearm training is a sure. diminishing skill if you don't hone that skill and practice that skill when you go to perform for what we would refer to as the best the biggest performance of your life are you going to be prepared for it? If, sure. If you've played a musical instrument or if you played a sport professionally or at a, a high school capacity or at a team capacity, you never took one lesson, got up in front of the entire audience, and then performed perfectly after one lesson, right? Right. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. You have to continue that development, that education. And so that's why guys like you, like me, we train people to be prepared. We tell them what they need to come back. And that's why we offer other classes like beyond concealed carry, defensive shooting fundamentals, defensive shooting concepts. How do we assess the threat? Because you know just as well as I do. When you're at the range, you got a 5 to 10 degree window that you're shooting at. And mm -hmm. it's highly unlikely that your aggressor or attacker is going to approach 
from the front at a five to ten degree angle. Plus, you, you know. can't move. You can't. You know, you're basically work. Right. When you go to the range, poking holes in paper, you're working on marksmanship, and 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 you're not really. There's very few defensive skills that you can really work on in that kind of sterile environment. You you've got to get you know 180 degree range minimum. Obviously, there's 360 degree shoot houses, and that's a whole yep. other level. Um, but you've got to get that 180 degree range so that you can, you know, get some dynamic movement and holster draw. Most ranges won't let you do the holster draw. And an analogy I like to make about shooting being a perishable skill is riding a bike. Yep. And people will say, well, I can still ride a bike. Yeah. You know what? When I was a teenager, I could do bunny hops. I can do endos. Uh, uh, when I was skateboarding, I was doing ollies. I can barely even get on a skateboard anymore. I can still ride it, sort of. But the bike, yeah, I can still ride a bike. My son asked me, can I ride without hands? Any? Can you ride without hands? I said, I'm not sure anymore. The point I'm making is I'll have people tell me, I'll hear, it. oh, well, you know, I was a, a, a sniper in Nam, and that's great. Thank mm-hmm. you for your service. What does that have to do with handgunning, first off? Uh, and, and secondly, that was, you know, what, 50 years ago. Exactly. So if you haven't done anything since then, then it's a perishable skill. Use it or lose it. It's the same thing as the bike. I can still ride a bike, just nowhere near as well as I could, you know, 25 years ago when I was doing it every single day. Um, so getting back to the uh, self-defense insurance, uh, and I do want to mention that, uh, like I said, you know, there, there are competitors in the industry. There's the Armed Citizen Legal Defense Network, CCW Safe, Second Call Defense. Um, you know, there's, there's a multitude of others. Uh, there was the failed NRA carry guard, which lasted about a year or two. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, tell me why you believe USCCA to be better. So bar none, you know, I, I, and full disclosure, I work for the USCCA. I'm also one of their instructors. I, I became an instructor a few years before I, I ever actually got brought on to, to Delta Defense. So I'll put it out. I'll put it this way. They put out the Kool-Aid and the Kool-Aid tastes so good <laughs> that I, that I had to drink the entire, the entire pot. Right. And, and the reason I say that is because when you do your research and you look for education and training okay anybody can go to youtube and now you have to wonder is this source a reliable source when you have an association of over half a million members that have dedicated themselves to education and training and being a responsibly armed individual that speaks to me and that kind of set the course and the pace for my direction with uscca i saw that when i looked for information theirs was the newest the most updated the most modern most easily accessible I could do a stop and start at any time. And when it came down to the insurance policies, when I looked at all of the pieces of the puzzle, I made it, I had to make a decision, right? There's a lot of competitors out there. They're, they're all offering different things. I wanted an inclusive package that covered me in all 50 states and the U.S. territories no matter where I go. I wanted a company that could provide me legal representation that was knowledgeable and skilled in the states that I would be traveling to. Now, some people have a, an attorney on retainer. Great. But is that attorney going to be valid in another state? You know, we're here in Illinois. If you've got an attorney in Cook County, awesome. They know the Cook County laws. You're good to go in Cook County. You travel to Wisconsin, to Iowa, to Indiana, or anywhere else. Do you have an attorney on retainer in that state? I don't. Right, because there's licensing that each uh, attorney has to pass the bar exam in mm-hmm. each state they want to operate within. So there's a lot of uh, attorneys here in Chicago that will also be licensed in Wisconsin and Indiana, but if I'm over in uh, Iowa, uh, they'll be of absolutely no use to me unless they're a national firm, but you know what, I'm not Bill Gates. Uh, I don't right. have that kind of money. Um, so talk to me about uh, some of the specifics. So USCCA... 
Um, do I need to have a concealed carry license to, to be covered? Great question. Unlike uh, some of our competitors, you do not need a concealed carry license to be covered with the USCCA. Um, we cover you for any legal weapon of opportunity. So let's pretend for a minute here you have no concealed carry license. You've got a FOID. You've got a firearm at home. Let's say you're the, the type of person who's taking the class right now, and I'm talking to you in that class about why you need to join USCCA. Well, it's a great question. If somebody breaks into your house tonight, are you going to defend yourself with a weapon? If I must, I must. If you must, you must. Absolutely. If it's a legal weapon of opportunity, we will cover it. So that's potentially your vehicle. For all of 2020, we saw a lot of protests. We started to see actual vehicle claims come in for people who had to use their 4,000-pound vehicle as a legal weapon of opportunity to protect themselves. We had a member who actually had to use their dog. Yeah. They, they had to sick their dog on an intruder. That dog was shot. We sent that dog to the best vet to get wow. help. Yeah, to get healthy, to get better, and uh, that that member was covered because they used their dog as a legal weapon of opportunity. Let me ask you about the dog because there's nothing in the policy that says you must take care of that dog. That Correct. was something. Now, the USCCA has a separate entity, which is the USCCA Foundation. Correct. Correct. Yes. It's completely separate. Now, that is more of a, a a voluntary thing, right? I know that the USCCA. Uh, foundation had covered a gentleman in New Jersey who uh, was it New Jersey or New York, but and he inadvertently brought his gun to one of those two States. I think it was New York now that I'm speaking and um, they filed felony charges against him, but it was no fault of his own that he ended up there. I think it was like plane error. Uh, uh, the plane had to land there because it was having engine trouble or something. Mm -hmm. And he, where he was flying to his, his handgun was legal for him to possess where he was coming from his handgun was legal to possess but they filed felony charges against him now that's not an act of self-defense in any way but you guys decided to pick that up and cover it so i'm not super familiar ex with that exact case okay so under that circumstance yes we do have a specific specific fund set aside to cover things that may not normally be covered but we believe are true and right okay so like that dog right or the individual who you know, supposedly got landed in a, a city or a state that was not kind to pro Second Amendment individuals like ourselves, right? So we do have a fund set up so that we can help provide additional aid outside of the scope of what the policies cover. Cool. Um, let's talk about what the policies cover. Uh, I've I've talked to some people. Well, what are the limits on on? So first off, you cover the bail. You cover the expert witnesses. Yes. You cover the attorney fees. Yes. Um, you're covering for criminal as well as civil. Correct, yes. So if you get sued in civil court uh, and they're trying to take away your house because you shot some you know, some druggie that kicked in your door, which there is a case I know you can speak about that the USCCA covered. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, what are the limits? I mean, obviously – Correct me if I'm wrong, you're not going to write a blank check. There's a certain point where it's like enough is enough. Yeah, almost every insurance provider, no matter where you go, who you've got, they have some sort of a limitation. And USCC is the same way. Uh, so we actually provide up to $250,000 in criminal defenses and $2 million in claim expenses and damages. So that's the criminal side. That's you fighting for your freedom. That's $250,000. So two hundred fifty for the expert witnesses and for the attorneys on the criminal side. Correct. And then this, and, and the bail is included in that as well. Correct. Okay. Yes. And then $2 million in coverage on the civil side. And a lot of people think it's the criminal that's the more expensive. No, no, no. It's the civil side. Well, it's the civil because if you lose or you come to a deal just to go make the problem go away, that's where the big money is. 
Um, you know, I heard a statistic in, and this was many years ago, uh, that there was a person in, uh, California who was spending the weekend at his parents' house and someone broke in and he shot that person. The person did not die. Um, and so he shot the person, person didn't die. And then from jail, the person had nothing else to do. So they sued him. Well, the homeowner's insurance didn't cover it because he was a guest. He wasn't a, a actual resident. Um, and so he ended up spending the, the figure I heard just in legal fees. It was dismissed. Eventually the, mm-hmm. the judge said, this is a frivolous case, but it took $86,000 just in legal fees to make the problem go away. Yep. That's a, that's a huge and very realistic dollar amount that, that could potentially befall upon a member or an individual when they find themselves in a self-defense incident. So I don't, you know, we, we don't know the laws of every single state, right? But right. Illinois has, uh, Civil immunity. If your act of self-defense was justified, there's civil immunity. And people think, well, that's great. Then, you know, hey, if I'm justified, this person attacked me and I'm justified. But um, will that clause within the justified use of force exonerations um, protect anyone? So it's a, it's a great question. So the civil and the criminal, you know, courts are, <clears throat> excuse me, unfortunately not wedded together. Um, if... And the way that the Illinois law is, is specifically written, it kind of says, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't know it exactly off the top of my head, but it's basically saying that if you're found innocent in a court of law, that no civil proceedings can be brought upon you if you're using the affirmative defense, right? You, if you've used a weapon in self-defense and you're found innocent, well, they can't come after you civilly. That's great news. That's great news for everybody. But if it's charges dropped... Right, and that's the problem because... You're not innocent. Y- you, you're, you have to prove your innocence in the civil court if you haven't been found innocent in the criminal court. Correct. If you, and if you have been found innocent in the criminal court, that means you went through the court proceedings. So no matter what you look at this, you, it's, it's, a, it's a loss. Right. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a bad day. And it does happen. So um, I know of a case because you spoke about it in one of my classes. Yeah. Um, that was in one of the, you know, obviously you can't say names and, and, and places because of confidentiality, but it was in one of the south suburbs of Chicago. Chicago uh, person, someone kicked in their door, they exchanged gunfire, charges were filed against the homeowner, which were later dropped uh, through your network attorney, but then they got sued in civil court anyway. Tell me uh, as much detail as you can about that case. Right, and just to preface everything, you know, when it comes to our clients and our members' confidentiality, I will preface by saying we always want to keep that member's privacy at heart in mind, so we try our best to not discuss any active or ongoing cases. The stories that I tell are actual stories that members have divulged and given us authorization to do so. So the story that you're talking about actually did happen. It's in Chicago, apparently at two o'clock in the morning, somebody threw a brick through this guy's window, broke into his house. And you know, the, the, the member had no choice but to grab the family firearm and uh, press the trigger to stop the threat. Uh, he found himself charged with a manslaughter charge. Um, he called our USCC a critical response team, right? 24-7, 365, right in West Bend, Wisconsin, just about an hour and a half north of us. Got in touch with one of our experts. They made sure that the scene was clear. Police were on the way. Everybody was safe in the moment. And then they, of course, contacted a local attorney. We have a network of over 1,200 attorneys in our network, uh, almost 100 of those right here in Illinois. So he got arrested put into a brand new pair of silver bracelets, taken down to the station for defending his life and defending his family. Our attorney posted bail. We got our attorney, or the attorney retainer taken care of. We hired a private investigator, witness, expert witnesses, and things like that. The private investigator determined that it was a felon in possession of a stolen handgun. So when they presented that evidence to the court in the criminal side, 
the judge made a very simple decision of this was a clear act of self-defense. Charges were dropped. But because he was not going through the proceeding to the point where he was found innocent, that charges dropped essentially opened the door for a civil case. Now, the person who perished, the intruder who perished, um, had a, a, a spouse and, and a child, and, and she was expecting six more years of child support. So she sued our members civilly in court. Our attorneys, rather than taking the, on average, three to five years to settle a civil matter, decided to settle outside of court with her to the sum of $70,000. I mean, simple business decision, if you think about it. The yes. USCCA would have been out of pocket way more than seventy. dollars Oh, yeah. So it's like, hey, you know what? They already lost either way. They might as well just get wipe it off the books and, and, and proceed on. And the member gets to go back to living his life. They, they, they don't have to worry about the criminal proceedings. They don't have to worry about the civil proceedings. And because the check was written, they can never go back after that member for the same incident. So... The number one complaint when I'm talking to people is that uh, they're just going to take my money and not cover my case. Um, and, you know, we've got success stories. The USCCA has on their website success stories. Uh, every, every company has covered members. So it's kind of a frivolous argument. But also at the same point in time, there is a case uh, that um, uh, the USCCA is involved in where uh, a member claimed that they aren't assisting her. Can you comment on that? So I can't comment on any specifics in regards to any individuals who have any active litigation with us. You know, with any kind of a membership program, obviously this is self-defense insurance, right? Not murder protection. So I'll give you a contrived example. If if you and I, and we're buddies, right? So this is going to be a complete hypothetical. I hate you. Fuck you too. <laughs> um, so we, we have a, a good relationship, right? So that's on the record. But let's say we didn't have the best of relationship, but you invite me over for dinner, and all the while you're actually planning a murder. You're planning to ambush me. You're planning to kill me, and that's exactly what you do. I come into your house for dinner expecting a great meal, steak, and uh, you, know, you disappoint me, and we get into an argument, and regardless, you decide that's it, I'm going to shoot and kill you. Well, that was murder at that point. We would both agree we don't want to cover somebody for a murder case, right? So there are absolutely going to be times when USCCA has to make a decision on was this a clear case of self-defense or did this person actually put themselves in a position to say, I am intentionally going to make a, to, to commit a crime, to, to kill somebody, right? We're not going to cover somebody who has the intent of committing murder or an atrocity like that. How would the USCCA come to that conclusion? So essentially we have, uh, you know, our, we, we, we buy our insurance policy through UFCIC and, and UFCIC makes the determination based on the facts. So they may look at a case, they, they may pay for the bail, they may hire the attorney and, and the retainer to pay for that. And then after reviewing the evidence, they determine that this was a clear cut case of murder, not self-defense. They'll make the decision at that time to either continue to, to cover the member or to drop the member. I see. Okay. Um, I've spoken, you know, to people and they're like, well, <clears throat> this other company is better because they have uh, higher limits uh, on their, their coverage. Uh, you said it was like $2 million on the civil? Yeah. I mean, what are the statistics? Uh, obviously, you guys have been involved in numerous cases. You know. Uh, what are the statistics? Is $2 million enough? Does the does the person ever have to come out of pocket? We, we typically find that, yes, $2 million is more than enough coverage. Now, there's always the potential that it goes more than that. Let's be honest with it. So if we look at a high-profile case, now here's the good news. Most individuals are not high-profile individuals like O.J. Simpson. Okay, O.J. Simpson, 
was found innocent in a criminal court, but was found guilty in a civil court and had to pay to the tune of like $35 million, right? So of course there's going to be a limitation to it. Um, as far as the average cost goes, I truthfully don't have that number. It's, it's going to be independent on a case by case basis, but I would far much, I would much rather have something than nothing. Right. And that's always going to be the case with any insurance policy. Most people, like you said, when they go to buy their auto insurance, what do they do? They get the lowest limit possible because they legally have to, well, you don't have to legally get insurance for self-defense at any point. Not yet. There's powers that be that are trying to make that uh, absolute i think self defense insurance true. is uh, okay let i'm going to back up a little bit and get on a high horse um i believe every single firearm owner should get training however i never believe that that training should be mandatory it should always be voluntary Agreed. it should be something that you choose to do because it's the right thing to do it should not be mandatory um, I also believe that self-defense insurance is a very valuable investment. I, I, I think that everyone should uh, should get it if if they can. Absolutely, I understand that you know the single mother making thirty grand a year with two kids, it's going to be hard for her to foot that bill. But at the same point in time, uh, if you can get it, get it. But it should never be a requirement to exercise a constant constitutionally protected natural born human right to, to protect yourself and to be free against oppression. And so when these politicians make these uh, policies, try to make these laws that you must have self-defense insurance, um, you know, someone such as myself, you know, I'm saying it's a great thing. You should have it, but it, you, you're going to exclude that, that previously mentioned single mother from being able to defend herself and her babies. You're going to make her a criminal for, for trying to defend her family. And for that reason, I absolutely 100% oppose, um, mandatory insurance requirements. Absolutely. It's a good idea to have should not be a mandatory requirement. We fully agree with that. I mean, at the end of the day, we want every person with the ability and the know-how to be able to defend themselves, protect themselves, get that defense education and training to continue on and not make this perishable skill as perishable, right? Um, but at no point should anybody be forced to buy insurance. That being said, I wouldn't leave home without it. You know, I carry a firearm every day. You carry a firearm every day. I wouldn't walk out the door unless I knew that I had that legal protection and coverage because what's more expensive, $30 a month or $300,000 case? Right, and so going to the price, you guys recently about, I don't know, six months ago, redid yep. all your packages, um, and $30 a month is what, your, at, your, mid, your middle of the range package? Is that? Yeah, so let me actually bust out one of the four. Come on, Mike. You have to speak into the mic. It's your same. It's your name, for Christ's sake. So I just wanted to get one of the forms out. So essentially, we're, we're all on the same page. So we offer monthly and yearly packages now. And just like you said, we had changed the packages substantially about six months ago. When I had started off as a member, I started off in the gold level. I was I was a brand new gun owner. There was a lot of information out there that I felt was pertinent to me, and then I eventually upgraded to the elite level. But Starting prices are $29 a month for our gold. That's our lowest level. $39 a month for platinum and $49 a month for elite. And you do get a discount on the annual memberships. Um, when it comes to the uh, price points and everything like that, what do they cover? Here's what we did. When we were doing it six months ago or prior to that, we had a different coverage amount per level of policy. So the gold had the lowest level of coverage. The platinum had the middle level of coverage. The elite had the highest. We have now made it so that regardless of what level you sign up on, you get the same level of coverage as everybody else. Because what we found was we wanted to be able to provide more peace of mind and more confidence to our lowest level members. So regardless if you're gold, 
platinum or elite, you all get $250,000 in defense, uh, uh, criminal defense expenses and $2 million in claim expenses and damages. The difference between the levels is your access to the Protector Academy, which goes back to that education, that training, that diminishing skill, that perishable skill that you need to hone and consistently practice. So we do 90% of that training online, and the other 10% comes right back to you guys, to the instructor, to take a course and validate that knowledge and information. So talk about the Protector Academy, because it is an online educational portal. Uh, and I like to tell people that there's a difference between training and education, okay? And when people look at me, sometimes like a deer in the headlights, they say, well, let me ask you, you have a child? Yes. Your child going through school? Yes. Uh, do you want your child to have uh, sex ed or sex training? that drives the point home. Uh, the education that you get from the Protector Academy, which, uh, to be honest, I haven't completed. Uh, life gets in the way, plus all the other training I'm doing, plus the people that I'm teaching. So it's, uh, But it's good to have that knowledge and that information. And ultimately, I recommend to everybody to take at least one advanced class per year. Um, you know, other people have other recommendations where, hey, when you're first getting started, take multiple advanced classes. But, you know, more practical, um, we, we all have limited funds, especially with ammunition availability. Uh, it just makes sense just to keep your skills uh, honed and sharp. You know, e even instructors, even myself, um, I take classes from other instructors because Same. you've got to stop to sharpen your knife. Uh, it has been said that a lawyer who represents themselves has a fool for a client. Um, the same thing is true as an instructor. If, if I'm working with you and I'm doing something that, you know, I developed a training scar, um, you can point that out to me that I might not have noticed because I'm looking at one perspective and you're looking at a different perspective and you can see, hey, you know, your grip's gotten a little loose or whatever the case may be. And it's like, oh, yeah, hey, got to tighten it up, focus on that fundamental. Also, new, new uh, techniques, uh, are being developed. Uh, some yes. of those techniques uh, are, are coming from competition shooting. Some of those techniques are coming from the military. And um, while I'm, I'm not an early adopter, um, I'm not one of those people that jumps on the bandwagon and is like, wow, that's tactical. I'm going to start teaching that. But um, I do want to learn new techniques. I do want to validate the techniques that I'm currently using and teaching uh, and then if I find something better, I want to uh, start teaching that. And also the other thing is some, there's no one-size-fits-all solution. So what might work better for me may not work better for one of my students. So I've got to get out there and I've got to train and I've got to be like a butcher that stops occasionally to sharpen his knife. But every single person, I believe, needs to get the education you can get that education from the comfort of your home through multiple sources, including the Protector Academy. Um, and then also get that training and, and get a, a qualified, competent instructor um, who really knows what they're doing um, and and get some hands-on. And uh, one thing I want to mention, one you know, ammunition is obviously expensive. Very. Um, but it's available. Uh, don't, it's there. Yeah, it's there if you're willing to pay. Listen, it's not uh, pre-COVID prices. I get it, but you still got to get some training. Um, so it's there. It's available. Um, I talk to people, you know, who say they don't have the time. Come on. what Shooting is fun. Like, so much fun. Like, and, and, and circling back to what you were saying, like, you, okay, so you're a busy guy. You've got your podcast. You've got your training. You've got your life. You've got your wife. You've got your kids. 
that's kind of the cool thing about the Protector Academy, too. You can pick it up when you want to, put mm-hmm. it down when you want to, and pick right back up where you left off and take as much time. There's no requirement to have it done in an hour, two hours, a week, a month, or a year. You get it done when you get it done. That's right. And it's always going to be there for you. And the cool thing is is it's not going to be stagnant either. We're constantly changing. We're constantly updating, right? Which we should because, just like you said, everything that was true 20 years ago as to how do we handle a firearm, how do we approach uh, an individual, how do we avoid escape defend everything has changed what was true 20 years ago is not true today and what is true today may not be true in 20 years sure. so it's 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 incumbent upon us to make sure that we are investigating getting that education seeking multiple sources and staying humble staying humble as an instructor and i'm honestly that's that's hard right it, it is i have to take i have to take a step back um and and make sure that I'm not coming from a place of ego. Um, I know a lot of people accuse me of being stubborn, and I absolutely am. And if I'm defending something, I'm defending it because I absolutely 100% believe in it. But that's also, like I said, why I take other training classes because I want to make sure I'm not defending an outdated technique. Or, you know, we talk about, just as a quick example, the slide stop using that to release your slide is example. is very common nowadays. Very, very common nowadays. You see everyone doing it. All the Instagram shooters are doing it. It's fast. Absolutely. But I still, even though it's an outdated technique, a lot of people tell me, I still believe it's a preferred method to do the overhand rack um, for, for many issues, and including, you know, that it's always going to work. It's, you know, the same motion for uh, uh, malfunction manipulations. So we've got consistency there. So, you know, I, I, I have validated that technique to still be relevant. Um, and if, if, I'm not out there proving my fundamentals and also proving your gear. That's the other thing is people need to get out, take a training class to make sure that their gear, I've gone to training classes and I've brought new gear and 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the training classes back in the, you know, uh, box. And I pull out my old, you know, magazine pouch or whatever it was because it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And I'm glad I learned that in a training class and not in the real world environment where it potentially would have been a life and death situation. Um, you know, uh, so you've got to, you've got to, from that point of view, don't get married to a technique, but don't get married to your gear. And I see that so often in my training classes where people will, you know, they'll spend the time, they'll do the research, they'll, you know, talk to their friends and, and, and that's great. That's what you should do. And then they buy something and then it's like, well, that that's it. They're done. Right. Um, let's use that. Like, and forgive me for all the viewers and listeners out there who have drop leg holsters. Okay. But for those individuals that carry a drop leg holster, you know, or you own one, are you realistically and feasibly going to be walking out in the real world and, and having that on your body and on your person? Are you going to be able to conceal that weapon? You're going to be able to access that. So is it viable? Is it a smart decision to train with something like that? If you're never going to use it just because it looks cool. If yeah. And that's the thing. Are you training for everyday life and for real life? Or are you training for the boogaloo? Right. Right. And, and Hey man, if the boogaloo is your thing, then have at it. You know what? It's, it's, fun it's fun um but at the same point in time are you training for for that uh apocalyptic scenario where you would be walking around with a drop leg holster and there's nothing against drop leg holsters they're fast they're convenient it's just you're not going to go to work with a drop leg holster on exactly um and and we spend you know a third of our life at work so uh you know some of us more um and uh you know so it's just it's just not realistic uh to to train that way and that's something that we talk about. You know, we talk about gears and gadgets at USCC a lot, and we do our drills of the month. 
Uh, we have constantly updated training sessions, you know, and, and our instructors and our team at USCCA are, are so heavily involved with our instructors. It really is something that no other company that I've ever seen does. You know, we have our own private Facebook groups just for our instructors where literally the, the training counselors, the, the lead trainers, guys like Steve Fisher, like Mike Bauer, like uh, Justin Peters. These are guys who are embedded in our training. They, I know I'm always rocking the boat. I'm always rocking the boat, but someone has to. But you know what? Here's the thing is they're open to that communication. They're open to suggestions. They're open to feedback, and they listen, and then they implement what makes sense for the instructor and for the student. I can't tell you how many suggestions I have seen brought up by fellow instructors, fellow colleagues, guys like you and me, where in other environments you would never have the chance. You could never go to NRA and be like, hey, I think I should change this, or hey, I sh or, or, or this company, I think you should change that. They say thanks for your suggestion, right? And, th and then it goes – under a door and yeah, I mean, if that. enough people make the same suggestion, then the and I'm sure it's 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 the same at the USCCA, right? One person might make a suggestion and 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 cool, but if five, ten people make the suggestion, then obviously it starts to get attention. So it's gonna be the same anywhere, but you have a more direct. We as instructors have that more direct link, um, and uh, you know, I don't believe that the USCCA has like a group for members, but they do have a forum of their own at, at the uh, U.S. Concealed Carry website. Yep, we have a forum up there for everybody that, that can communicate to. You know, our members get free access to these USCCA Expo. Unfortunately, it had to be postponed from 2020, but 2021 in Texas, we're looking forward to, to having all of our members out there and giving them that awesome education and training that we always talk about and then seeing what's next, seeing what's new, seeing what's coming through. Um, you know, we've got a, a brand-new ammo can coming through to our new members that sign up in the near future. Uh, we got some new goodies. That How are about be some in ammo there. in those ammo cans? Hey, listen, listen, you, know. <laughs> you guys, you, you've got uh, uh, all those goodies, the hat and the USB uh, drive and, and all the goodies in the ammo can. But I swear you'd get a lot more signups in your class if you threw a few boxes of ammo in there. Let me tell you, if, if I could, if I could get ammunition into those reasonably, you know, I think I would. But, it, you know, I also think that the price point for the membership might go up. Yeah, five, yeah. Ten bucks a month. Yeah, for sure. Plus the legalities of what state you're in and us handing out ammo it's probably not going to happen but at least we got a spot for our new gun owners to store their ammunition safely and you get a bunch of other cool stuff in there you get your your hat you like you said your your 16 hour bullet usb drive bust that out real quick hat usb drives so preloaded with 16 hours of training on the go and then we are having these updated um, there's going to be some new training coming out on these in the very, very near future and some new goodies that are going to be added into that in the near future. I can't go. I can't tell you yet. I'm going to keep <laughs> you in suspense, but they're awesome. And believe me when I say when it comes to the ammunition shortage, this will help every single member at home safely with some of the new cool stuff that are coming out. Um, and, and since I just mentioned ammo and you've mentioned ammo a few times and the, the challenges that, are, that arise from it. You know, a lot of people don't think about it these days, but they should. Laser training. Training at home with, an, with a tool like a CERT pistol. We offer CERT training as well. So whether you're home, whether you're on the go, you're in your hotel room, in your apartment. Because, you know, I live in a condo. If I want to do safety and training, I have every direction. I point a firearm is a dangerous, sure. you know, direction. So I have to make my modifications to keep myself and my neighbors safe, right? So laser training, CERT training, something that we do. I um, I believe highly in laser training. 
um, you get everything but the recoil out of it. I mean, you know, you, you can do your dynamic movements. You can do your holster draw. Uh, my marksmanship has increased exponentially when I bought my CERT pistols, uh, CERT yes. laser training pistols. I've, I've had them for, I don't know, seven years now that I've been doing uh, training. It was one of my first purchases based upon recommendation from more seasoned instructors, and I'm so happy that I did. Um, I've shot every single light switch in my house. I'll sit there watching TV, just Same. working on my, my trigger press, making sure not to mess up my sight alignments, getting that marksmanship. So those laser training pistols are awesome. They sell targets nowadays that are interactive, um, the cans that you shoot, and if you hit the laser on the target, they pop up in the air like a real can would. They sell the... Um, uh, the apps you can put on your phone, uh, so you can you know shoot at a target, and the, the phone will show you where your hits are and, and record all of that. There's there's so much advancement uh, in laser technology, and and listen, you buy you buy the laser gun once, that's going to last you many many years. I'm still using mine for seven years later, and I'm using them not just for my own uh, personal uh, practice, but uh, for training my students as well. So they're getting used hard and put away wet. And, um, you know, they're still going. I, one of them has a trigger problem. The rest are, are flawless. So After seven years and thousands of rounds of cycling. Million, yeah, millions of presses. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – and I I haven't even contacted them to see if there's any warranty. I, I don't know. I probably should. They might fix it. They might send me a trigger. I have no idea. But uh, I, I'm totally satisfied with the usage I've got from it. So it's like I'm, I'm not even mad at them. You Same. Know? And you know what? A lot of people are worried about the price point on those things. And here's what I say is – in all honesty, you can get a CERT pistol, laser training pistol for home, for half of the price of what it would cost for a 1,000 rounds of ammunition these days. So, yeah, you're still spending a couple hundred bucks, but now it's on the go wherever you want to be, and you're safe no matter what. And it's great for che teaching your kids and your youth in your house. And too. even though I think that we probably both agree that CERT is, if not the best, one of the best, um, you know, uh, there are some more affordable um, competitors, mm -hmm. you know, that – the reason I like the CERT is it's got the weight, it's got the size, it's got the feel. It's based upon actual real firearms, although I'm not really a, a Glock fan per se. Um, you know, it, it is, for all intents and purposes, a Glock. They sell now the P320 model, and they also sell the Smith & Wesson M&P model as well, yes. which at the time when they only had the Glock, I was on them. I was sending them emails. I'm like, get a Smith & Wesson M&P. Now I have a 320, and I'm like, um, I, I really think you know maybe i won't fix that trigger maybe i'll just buy a new one i'll buy that uh p320 there you go i mean hey that 320 is fantastic too i mean i have a real 320 and, and it's great um yours is nicer than mine well i mean <laughs> it's, it's it's their legion x5 right? right so it's just their their upgraded you know kind of base. highly upgraded yeah it's, it's it's upgraded enough it gets you into the introduction for competition it's uh what a, a tungsten frame whereas mine yeah. is polymer so you've got the weight so it's like shooting a 22 Yo, it's, it's fantastic. You know, it comes with a couple of different springs. The one that I happen to buy came with a Romeo 3 optic on it. So, you know, a, a, a higher price point, but a, a, a wonderful tool. A wonderful and it's a, it's a competition pistol, not Correct. a defensive pistol. Correct. And there's a whole different ball game. Uh, that, that, that's a, that is a 
topic for a different podcast, and we're kind of coming up to the end of this one. So I want to give you the opportunity to, uh, you know, throw out anything you want to throw out there. Um, you know, if, if you want to include your contact information, you're welcome to do so. Uh, the floor is yours. Thanks. Uh, I just want to say thanks again for having me on the show. It's been fantastic. You know, Thomas and I have hosted classes together in the past. Uh, if I didn't mention in the beginning, I'm also a certified instructor with the United States Concealed Carry Association. Um, and I'm certified in pretty much every one of their credentials from emergency first aid fundamentals to women handgun self-defense fundamentals. And I will say right now, ladies especially, you need to get out there. You need to be armed. You need to be protected. You need to be alpha. Uh, <laughs> you're trying to steal my closure ah, but seriously like um you know we we offer a great program we love to see our members educated prepared and trained for any particular incident and we have avenues to help you with that regardless of your financial uh, constraints one of the best parts about you know being a member is that if you're not satisfied within the first year we do have a 365 day bulletproof money back guarantee so on day 364 you don't like us you can call us back and request every penny and say you know what i was not satisfied Here's the great thing. Almost nobody does that because they are so satisfied. We, we believe so confidently in our in our membership program and the things that we offer. It, it's, it's honestly the best of the best, in my opinion. You can't get a better opportunity than that. We're doing raffles. We're doing gun giveaways. We have the gun a day giveaway. When you sign up every day, you log in, you're entered into a raffle on the USCCA website for our gun a day giveaway. Um, but really at the, at the heart of it, we want people to have the power, confidence, and peace of mind that if you're going to carry a firearm or if you're going to use a weapon, uh, you're going to defend yourself. You're not going to be a victim at home or wherever that is in the world. You need to have some sort of a, a liability policy to back you up to ensure that when those silver bracelets, if they ever do get put on your wrists, you get into that squad car feeling like you've got somebody that has your back. And that's what we are. We're somebody that has your back in every aspect with self-defense. Cool. If anyone wants to sign up, do they call you? Or how do they do that? So if anybody wants to sign up, you can absolutely hit me up. My phone number, direct contact, is 224 766-9121. If you'd like to send me an email, you can send an email to mike.ladine at deltadefense.com, and I'll be happy to speak with you there. We're also looking for new partners in the greater Joliet, Orland Park, and all of Illinois area. So if you're an instructor... Stay out of my area. I'm staying out of here. You're already partnered with <laughs> yeah. me, so we're good to go. So uh, Thomas is, full disclosure, one of, my, one of my official partners with the United States Concealed Carry Association. Uh, but we are looking for additional instructors. If you're an instructor out there in the uh, greater Chicagoland or Illinois area, give me a call. We have other representatives that service uh, Illinois, and we'll be happy to speak with you and meet with you. Okay, cool. Uh, one thing I want to mention uh, that you hit on a great topic about the ladies, uh, you know, those those webinars I've been doing. Yes. More than half uh, ladies. Absolutely. Wonderful. I, I, I was, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy about that. So, ladies, I just want to say to you, uh, obviously, you're interested in getting the education and getting the training. Don't be afraid to come out to one of the classes, okay? Um, you know, I, I know that sometimes it can be intimidating because it seems like it's a man's world. I promise you, I've, I've had many ladies come through the defensive pistol class, defensive shooting fundamentals. You're going to have a great time. You're going to learn something. It's not, once, once you get there, you know, the hardest push-up is the first push-up. And once you're down there, you might as well keep going. I'm telling you that the training classes are the same. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be intimidated about. You're going to do great, and I want to see you in our classes. In my experience, I don't know about yours, women are always the better shooters. At the basic level, 100%. I'd rather work with a new female shooter, not to be sexist, it just 100%. 
Um, from the basic level, absolutely. Yes, yes. Uh, so that's going to be it. I'm going to wrap it up if you've got nothing else to say. It's been fantastic. I can't, I can't wait for the next one. Wonderful. Uh, so as always, everybody, uh, thank you very much for uh, watching and listening to this podcast. We've got great episodes lined up. I'm always saying that, but it's always true. Um, if you would like to be a sponsor of the podcast, you can hit up Fire and Iron Media. Check out their Facebook or their Instagram um, you know, definitely we're looking to partner with, uh, with great companies, uh, to keep this podcast going. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, I'd love to talk to you. Um, you know, definitely hit me up alphaconcepts.com slash podcast. Uh, tell me what your ideas are. It doesn't cost anything to be a guest. Um, hit me up. So I'm going to close it with this. As Mike said, be alpha, but I'm going to do it properly. Be armed, be trained and be alpha. This has been a Fire and Iron Media production. You have something to say, people want to listen. How's that, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs>